listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Once again, you are joined by your two co-hosts. My name is Bob and Dan. How you doing? What up, Bob? How's everything going, buddy? Oh, not too bad. Uh, I've So this is a work in progress. This is the first time you and I have ever tried to do any kind of broadcasting, any kind of podcast, anything like that. So after listening to the playback, I learned something that was of great importance, and that is that these iPhone headphones will pick up anything that is going on around you. So the last time you could hear the frogs uh, croaking, it felt like I was broadcasting from the back of an alligator in the middle of a swamp. So now (laughs) I'm up here in the middle of uh, Studio YKI, you know it, uh, ready to talk some fantasy football with you, my friend. Yeah, Dan, I was thinking for a minute there, maybe you were recording from the bayou and you were just on one of those fan boats just hunting (laughs) frogs and alligators. It sounded like it. It felt like I literally had a frog sitting on my shoulder, but uh, I've learned from my mistakes. This should go smoother than last time, although I felt like it went pretty well, but you won't have, uh, maybe you should throw in some frog sound effects just for those uh, people who got used to that from last time. Uh, And maybe we will. We'll just permanently put that in at all points when we are recording our podcast from here on out. Just a bunch of frogs croaking in the background. Exactly. So how's everything going this weekend for you, buddy? Oh, not too bad. Just uh, working around the house um, and trying to fit in some uh, research here and there just so uh, we can try to have a nice prepared segment here for everyone. How about yourself? Everything was good, man. Visited one of my favorite breweries, Grist House Brewery in Pittsburgh, and picked up a couple of their release. Yes, sir. Picked up a couple of... uh, the releases, so I'm just enjoying one of their beers as we podcast here, and uh, yeah, just getting ready to go. So yeah, let's go ahead and, and go into what we're going to cover today. Um, in this episode, we are going to cover a rankings review. So we're going to use one of our favorite sites uh, that we monitor weekly uh, in season and before the draft, uh, Fantasy Pros. Uh, they have very accurate rankings. There's a bunch of experts that rank there, so it's a great resource. We're going to go through that and give our opinions. Um, we're going to break down QBs, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And then we're going to also introduce a new topic uh, into the vernacular for our podcast, and that is a Greg value. <laughs> Who's a Greg value? Yeah, Dan, do you want to tell our listeners what you believe a Greg value in uh, is? A Greg value, Bob, would be uh, somebody that you have done your research on, you've done some time looking into, and it's maybe it's somebody who's not on everybody else's radar, uh, but somebody you know you can get one of those later rounds that's just going to turn into a complete stud for you later on in the season. And it's, it's usually uh, somebody who you're kind of betting on either going to a new team or a rookie or maybe somebody who showed a little bit of uh, pep in their step last season who are getting ready to take it to a new level this season. Yeah, I agree, man. And and what you're going to see is we're going to go through a specific set amount of the rankings. And 
then we're going to deviate and talk about those Greg values after the fact. So I think it's good to start introducing sort of how we talk and look at football, but also really start looking into analysis, getting ready for the drafts here. Um, so I just wanted to tie in a few things from last week. So once again, thank you to everybody out there that took a listen and provided us feedback on the episode. It's great to have people out there that are at least giving us a chance and uh, telling us what they liked and what we can improve on, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to work on your feedback to improve the podcast here. And um, it's just encouraging that, that people are, you know, giving us a chance. So it's, it's yeah, motivating I was, us. To- I was really excited to actually have somebody else listen to it. I thought for sure that uh, for maybe at least a couple of times, it'd be you and me just kind of checking it out. And I was actually too worried to check it out because I didn't want to, hear my voice and think that I sounded like a moron and then say, well, I'm never going to do this again. But no, I, I, I could not agree with you more, Bob. It's uh, it's much appreciated. Everybody who's giving it a, a chance, giving it a listen and uh, trying to hear what we have to offer here. Yeah. And so just to tie that in after our episode last week, where we sort of gave our introduction and talked about our settings and how our league is set up, um, we put a Twitter poll out there uh, at not takes FF on Twitter, also on Instagram for those that want to give us a follow. And the question was, what's your favorite fantasy football scoring setup? And we offered standard half PPR and full PPR. And uh, I'm going to give you the results. And Dan, I want to get uh, your thoughts on uh, what the poll results showed. So uh, we had 67% who preferred full PPR, 22% half PPR and 11% standard. What on that uh, breakdown, Dan? Uh, I mean, I think after what we talked about last week, uh, we both know what we prefer in terms of scoring, but I can understand why the people want a more uh, high scoring game, more opportunity to score, more opportunity for points. And that full point P- full point PPR type format, uh, just not for me. So, uh, the people I don't understand who are the standard scoring ones. I, I don't get how you enjoy uh, just pretty much the yardage and the touchdowns. But, hey, to each their own. It's, I'm not uh, judging you in any way, shape, or form. It's just I prefer the half-point PPR. That's where my sweet spot is, and that's where I like to sit. Yeah, and I agree, and I think that's why our league is set at half PPR. Um, I think it's just such a sweet spot. Um, but I was not surprised to see standard last. Uh, I agree with you. Um, you know, I just like more points um, and standard to me. Uh, I played in a league like that before. Just felt like you were just always waiting for something to happen and it was based on a touchdown. So if you didn't get those players that were uh, scoring touchdowns, you were probably scoring around 40 points a week, which, you know, just doesn't entertain me. Yeah, that's exactly. a bummer to look at that. Yeah, you're like, wow, I really planned for this week and I've uh, scored 40 points. But that touchdowns are such a rare commodity i mean unless you have somebody who's going to get uh antonio brown type touchdown numbers or uh, in the running game I, I don't even really know who's scoring a lot of touchdowns outside the people who are sitting on the goal line and ezekiel elliott uh but come on we should get some credit for actually moving the ball down the field outside of uh you know those big yardage plays yeah i agree so this is something we're going to do after every episode uh, we're going to post a Twitter poll out there for pretty much the week leading up to the next episode. So free to add any feedback, provide your vote. Um, I know I was interacting with one specific gentleman who 
uh, commented on the thread. Um, so we like that. So please join us and participate in the polls. It'll help us uh, provide an opening topic uh, for the next week's episode. I think we got uh, a good one for this week. Yes, and uh, this one is going to really favor Dan and, and help him uh, make a tough decision as well. So, it's going to save me from sending a lot of text messages around draft time. That's what it's going to save me. Exactly. So at the end of the episode, Dan, we'll go ahead and pitch it to you, um, and you can provide the listeners what the poll is going to be, and uh, that'll be at the close. So make sure to listen all the way through to find out what our next poll is going to be on Twitter. Um, and then the next thing we want to do before we get into the rankings reviews, just go over some important news and notes uh, that happened during the, the week from the last episode here and cover uh, and give our thoughts on what happened in the NFL in the past week. So, Dan, I think the first one we want to start with is Jameis Winston. It looks like he is going to get a three-game suspension to start the season. It looks like he got a little too touchy in an Uber. Yeah, that's a uh, – oh, man – you know, I'm surprised with uh, how strict the NFL is now with the disciplinary things that anyone's going to try to do something to mess up a, a game or a career or anything like that. But, you know, these are the type of uh, situations, unfortunately, that we have to deal with in this time uh, during the NFL and things like that. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, we're thinking about it straight up in terms of fantasy football. Uh, just how this is going to affect our roster and not really commentating on any of the other stuff. So it's going to be kind of rough if you're a uh, Jameis Winston fan, uh, but especially if you're a Mike Evans owner for those first three games, because you know you want to get that number one stud receiver out there, catching balls, getting the rhythm of the offense. They don't really have a running game there anymore. They have to probably rely on the rookie running back coming in. Doug Martin's gone. Uh, and they've got a couple of backs who didn't really dazzle anybody last year. So uh, I'm really, uh, you know, it, it's a bummer. But, hey, those are that's the way fantasy football works. And, you know, three games is, is a lot when you're looking at your fantasy football season, especially when you're looking to have your starting QB out there for those first couple games of the year before the bye weeks kick in and stuff like that. <laughs> Yep, and, and I agree, and I, so I want to give my thoughts on Mike Evans. I see one of two things happening. It's probably going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick that's going to lead the charge for the first three weeks, and, and I see this going one of two ways, specifically the for Harvard Mike Evans. The quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fear that that knowledge of a gun. Yeah, fear that beard. So here, here's my thoughts. One of two ways I'm going to provide outlooks on, on what – one is – it could go back to when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback for the New York Jets, and he just zeroed in on Brandon Marshall, and Brandon Marshall had a monster year. Um, I could see him, even with the talent around the team, they've got a great set of receivers, two great tight ends. Um, I could see him really zeroing in on Mike Evans and being a target hog for the first three weeks. Or if it goes the other way and the offense just completely stutters, I think it provides a great buy-low window for that person that drafted Mike Evans and could be disappointed, you know, let's just say the first two weeks, he really does much of nothing. Before that suspension gets close to ending, that's maybe when I would put out those offers and see if anybody's willing to sell low on Mike Evans and try and scoop him up at that point. Yeah, I, I like that idea, but I feel like it's still Mike Evans. I mean, there is still something that goes along with that name. We both know what he can do. He's a stud receiver. We both have been trying to get him in Dynasty. I know that. Come on, Craig. Uh, pay up. We want that guy. Uh, but 
I think that you're not going to be able to get that buy low offer off somebody just because of who it is. But uh, I think you might be able to swing something with both those tight ends. I forgot about Brait and OJ Howard. Those are two pretty, uh, you know, decent targets for, uh, you know, Winston when he comes back and definitely safety valves for Fitzpatrick when he's there filling in for those first three games. Yep. And let's go ahead and move on to another off the field incident or maybe not. an incident. Uh, reports are going out now that Martavis Bryant has actually not been notified of a pending suspension. There was uh, worries that he possibly failed or missed another test, but it looks like there might not be a suspension coming. Give you your thoughts on Martavis Bryant. Well, I think Bob, both of you and I are big fans of Martavis Bryant going back to his years with our hometown team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so much so that we, in our Dynasty League uh, last summer, uh, you reminded me this week that we don't have a second-round draft pick because we wanted Martavis because we expected big things out of him. Uh, when you're that Steelers' number two receiver, when you're going um, in that offense that both of us know can do big things, put up big numbers, you've got Le'Veon Bell, you've got Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown's getting those key matchups with those corners. So that second receiver usually – uh, can put up some nice size numbers, and we saw that this year with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, we thought it was going to be Martavis Bryant. We expected Martavis Bryant to have those long bomb touchdowns. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out. He had a few decent games, but it was not what we expected, not what we wanted when we traded that second-round pick. Um, but, you know, I hope that he has figured it out. I hope he's got uh, his off-the-field issues figured out. Um, and it sounds like he has because, I mean, everyone – the rumor is, and that's all it was, was a rumor that he was going to have a, another suspension coming up. But it seems like that's kind of just uh, smoke and mirrors at this point. So now we're going to have to look forward to Martavis trying to uh, get on board with a new quarterback over there in Oakland. Uh, it'd be the – I think he's the number two. I don't think Jordy Nelson's the number two there. I think Amari Cooper's the number one. Martavis steps into the number two, I think. You know, if you can do the type of things that Michael Crabtree did last year, but he's a bigger, a better deep threat than Crabtree was. Uh, I still think he can put up some nice numbers. So I expect big things out of Martavis this year too. Yeah, and I speaking back to the whole dynasty uh, point of view, um, I still like him as a long-term prospect. Now, keep in mind, he comes with very high risk because one more off-the-field issue, he may be out of the NFL. So there is that tightrope that we're walking when we made that – uh, trade for him especially in dynasty but i sort of share the same viewpoint as you do is jordy may have another year in him where he can produce but if you got to look at it at a long-term view martavis is still extremely young uh, i think uh, 26 going into the season won't turn 27 until the end of the year um, and he comes with extreme touchdown potential and very big play potential so for those leagues like ours that award big plays uh, he can still be a massive point producer. So just got to keep your fingers crossed with him. Something to really keep track of as we move on into the season. Uh, and hopefully, fingers crossed, that nothing happens with him. I, I think you and I can both agree that he is money on those deep balls. And, you know, we want those big plays. So I think Martavis, I, I think he'll do a, a good job out there in Oakland. That's a, that's a good team with a good offense. High-quality quarterback. And now that they've got uh, Chucky out there, Gruden, I expect him to kind of uh, just jump right in and hopefully he can uh, kind of pick up where he left off with the Steelers a couple of years ago. 
Yep. And last but not least, just want to cover news coming out of Brown's camp. It looks like they don't have a really a horse in the race as far as the running backs are concerned, and they might may play uh, the hot hand approach. So could be rookie Nick Chubb, could be Carlos Hyde, could be Duke Johnson, who I think is going to basically keep that pass catching role going on. Um, but give me your thoughts on what this could mean for Nick Chubb, because we could be staring him down at the sixth pick in our dynasty draft. Uh, I mean, being from Pittsburgh, there is obviously some bias that we have against that team. Um, my dad fondly refers to them as the mistake by the lake, uh, the Cleveland Browns. But I think both you and I, we have talked extensively that uh, look out for them this year. I think that offense is going to take a big step in the right direction. Uh, the running back game, you know, Duke Johnson last year was a nice player. He did a lot of nice things out of the backfield. Uh, and I think he pretty much was their only real kind of third down long distance option um, because the Sean Kaiser was typically under such pressure that dumping it down to Duke was pretty much all he could do. Uh, but I think that Nick Chubb probably is going to have one or two games or he's going to be the number three guy there. They're going to, I mean, they're not going to bring in Carlos Hyde, who also is an Ohio fella, went to Ohio state. Uh, is a big name in here in uh, the state of Ohio still. Uh, I don't think you bring him in without having him play. You're going to have to give him the ball. Uh, but if, you know, Nick Chubb comes in um, and does well, why not feed him? Why not use him? He's got young legs. Put him in there. See what he can do. Uh, especially if they don't win a couple games right off the bat, they're going to start shaking things up. And I think that rookie has a chance to get a lot of playing time. Do I want him right away on the on the dynasty team? I can't say that I do. Uh, because I think there are some court running backs that you and I both like more who are in better situations. But uh, later on in the draft, why not get a take a take a flyer on him? Yeah, I mean, he definitely has potential. He shared a backfield in Georgia and still produced at a high level. Um, I really like what the Browns did, actually. And it's, yeah, being from Pittsburgh, it's hard to say that. But they definitely amped up their offense. And it's definitely something to monitor. And uh, for those in Dynasty, Nick Chubb might be that guy. Sit on the practice squad if you have that and, and hope that things turn and he gets the ball and, and takes over the backfield. But that's something to definitely monitor as we move forward in the season. I, I think that's a great idea. Have him sit on there on that practice squad, see how things shake up, see how the season plays out. Uh, but one more thing on the Browns. I think both of us agree that NFC, or I mean, AFC North, best division in football, uh, four awesome teams, classic rivalries. And I'm of the opinion that if all four teams are good, then we're all going to be much better as we go through the playoffs and the other part of the schedule. So I want tough Cleveland Browns teams because I think it makes the Steelers better. So, you know, bring keep, keep it going, Browns. Keep it going. Yep. And with that, that covers sort of our recap of the news that's been going on in the league and ties up last week's episode. So we're going to go ahead and move forward and get into the rankings review, starting with quarterback quarterback all right dan so let's go ahead and get started with the quarterbacks and the way this is going to work is i'm going to read the first 10 quarterbacks in the rankings and then we're going to go through and give uh somebody within there that we like somebody that we have concerns with and then we're going to talk about that greg value that person outside of the top 10 that we see having potential that you can maybe snag late in the draft or pick up on waivers as the season moves on so based on fantasy pros uh, ranks for 2018. The quarterbacks are as listed: Tier one, one 
in the quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Russell Wilson. Number three, Tom Brady. And that closes up their tier one. Tier two is Deshaun Watson at number four. Cam Newton at number five. Carson Wentz, number six. Drew Brees, number seven. Kirk Cousins, newly Minnesota Vikings quarterback, number eight. And that closes their tier two rankings. And tier three, we're going to go into a couple. At number nine is Matthew Stafford. Number 10, Ben Roethlisberger. So Big Dan, Ben. Big Ben, one of our, one of our guys in Pittsburgh. He's going to oh, be yeah. a legend for the rest of his life in this city and state here. So, Dan, why don't you give me in that top 10 somebody that you like? Somebody I like. Uh, to be honest with you, this was going to be uh, somebody that I thought was going to be a Greg value. Uh, but he comes in at the number four ranked quarterback, and that's Deshaun Watson. Um, I think this guy is going to have a monster year. Uh, I know you had him for uh, those couple of games before he got hurt. It refreshed my – correct me if I'm wrong. Those were monster fantasy games. It was like he was playing Madden. I mean, he could not be stopped. He was running, and he was throwing deep balls, and he made Will Fuller the fifth relevant. And, man, I just – I, I cannot stop thinking about how lucky I would be if some way, somehow, Deshaun Watson falls to me. So um, that's who I think in that top four. Uh, I, I'm not surprised he's number four. I would have him at number four. And I think, uh, you know, this year, if he plays like he did in that window of games last year, uh, that I think he's going to start pushing into that tier one type uh, QB quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely fun to own. I actually picked him up on the waiver right before that hot streak picked up. I think it was after his first start. And I actually was thinking of trading Russell Wilson and running with Deshaun Watson. Thankfully, uh, so bad for the kid because he was taking the league by storm. Uh, I, I did not move forward with the trade, and I was actually flying home from Atlanta on a work trip. And my phone was blowing up that he injured himself in practice. And I just felt so bad because he was putting up numbers that you maybe saw last time when Mike Vick first went to the Eagles. I feel like that was the last time I remember seeing a quarterback that was throwing all over the field, running all over the place, and scoring touchdowns at an insane rate. Well, I think you saw that out of a QB that you and I are lucky enough to own uh, jointly. Uh, Russell Wilson sitting there at number two. Uh, but for some reason, some way, somehow, Deshaun Watson's games just seem so much more exciting. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's maybe because he has those big-time, big-time receivers and DeAndre Hopkins and uh, somewhat Will Fuller. Um, but I, I really think that Watson this year is going to make a huge, long, huge leap um, in terms of play. And he's got another year under his belt. He's got enough time with that playbook. He's playing with these guys uh, every day. So, um, you know, and everything that I've seen about him coming out of camp uh, this year has been extremely positive. Uh, so I really, man, you know, you know, I'm, I'm smitten. I think he's going to have just a killer year. So if everyone, everyone in our league who's listening, uh, inevitably, whenever you draft Deshaun Watson, if I don't get a chance to take him, um, I'm probably going to start groaning. So be, be, be aware of that right now. Yeah, and let me go over somebody I like. To me, the top three are consensus. You can flip them. You know, Aaron Rodgers is more than likely going to be one. Russell Wilson, uh, I've targeted him the past two years. This year, I think his draft capital is going to be a little too rich for the way I like to draft my team. So I'm going to go with another guy that I seem to get on my team in some league at some point, and that's number nine, Matthew Stafford. Um, 
doing some research on Stafford, he's got one of the easiest projected schedules for the first five weeks based on the fantasy pros schedule. And so if you look at his schedule based on last year's defenses, New York Jets, San Francisco, 49ers, New England Patriots, Dallas, bye. Those are all great rated green matchups in the Fantasy Pros ranking and schedule analyzer. So you're going to be able to draft him late and get a great string before his bye week. He's ultra consistent. Ever since the first couple of years, he shaked that injury bug tag. And he's played 16 games consistently for like the last seven years. Um, you there, know, is, con- there is also one thing that he is pretty consistent at, Bob, and, and that is throwing terribly untimely interceptions. So <laughs> I can, I, I, I do, I do like Stafford and I, I do like the lions. Uh, and I feel like he is a good, but do you think his receivers aren't pulling him down a little bit? Is there that big, I mean, Megatron's not there, so who's that big-time guy that he's throwing the ball to now? I mean, the potential that he flashed for a year in Cincinnati as well. Do I think it's sustainable? Not necessarily. But then you've got that um, PPR just magnet in Golden Tate that can catch, you know, 90 balls without an issue. And the one thing is, while we like the rookie running back coming in, on Johnson – the team has not been able to run, so it's been on his shoulders. So let me give you some stats for the past since 2011. He routinely averages right around 600 and over 600 attempts a year. You're a guarantee as long as he plays six, 16 games for at least 4,200 yards. Touchdowns can fluctuate. He had his high mark 2011 and 41, but you can expect around 30, 24. 20- seven to 30, I'd say around there and low double digit touchdowns over the past four years, it's been 12, 13, 10 and 10. So I think he's really gotten that under control. And to me, it comes down to how you like to construct your team. You can probably get him towards the double digit rounds easily. If you've got a league that uh, is more uh, wanting to wait on quarterbacks. So right, right now, based on the fantasy football calculator, they have Matthew Stafford going at in a 10 team league similar to ours at the 10th round, eighth pick of the 10th round, overall 104. So to me, wow. you can build your team strong with your running backs and receivers, wait on a quarterback, and somebody who I think is going to be a great value can take over when Matthew Stafford's schedule does tighten up a little bit. That's somebody I like that you can get at capital. Man, um, at, a pick, at a pick that late in the draft, I, you could argue that. Mr. Stafford himself is a great value because, geez, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're getting that monster stat line that that late in the draft. I mean, that is kind of what we're saying a great value is right there, right there, Bob. Yep. So, Dan, let's move to somebody that you have some concerns with or that you're a little afraid of moving into this. Show. Uh, there's two. There's two that's staring me that are staring me right in the eye. Um, I, Tom Brady only. Because, uh, you know, it's Tom Brady. But then again, it, it is Tom Brady. So who's betting against Tom Brady? Uh, I've done that too many times, and I've been burned every single time. So I'm not doing that. Uh, but the other one that comes to mind is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins going into Minnesota. He's got a big-time contract that he's got to live up to. He has great receivers in Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Uh, and he's got a great running game in Dalvin Cook. But I think even last year, whenever he was in 
uh, Minnesota. That, man, he was overhyped. I, I was not thrilled to be a Kirk Cousins owner at any point during my fantasy football career. He's consistent, uh, but I don't think he is going to be the stud that people think he's going to be when he goes to this new team in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm also wondering, you know, because he was putting up good yards right right, right over 4,000 yards, but it seemed like he was having trouble getting the ball in the end zone. And you would think with the wide receivers he has, that should help. But I, I thought he had some decent receivers. And when Jordan Reed was healthy, it just never seemed like he was moving into that high touchdown level that you would expect out of an elite quarterback. No, I agree with you. The other thing is, is that his running game and, you know, in Washington wasn't all that stellar, um, which made them have to have Kirk Cousins throw the ball several times the game. I mean, it was on Kirk's back to win them games. Uh, now you've got Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, who at the beginning of last season looked absolutely stellar. We've got a good offensive line there. I mean, it, that's an old-school NFC North team that's going to run the ball, ground and pound. Uh, they had to change it up a little bit when Dalvin left, and now Jarek McKinnon's not there. Uh, and They basically only have Dalvin and Latavius Murray. Uh, but I think that if they can get the running game moving, they'll get a little bit of play action stuff like that going with Diggs and uh, feeling down over the middle. Uh, so there is some chance for him to put up some numbers. But again, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not expecting huge things out of uh, Kirk Cousins like I am out of Deshaun Watson. Yep, great points. And let me go over my concern in the top 10. It's Carson Wentz, number six overall. First things first, he's coming off a major injury. You know, injuries like that these days, uh, people seem to recover from, but it's still something that it's, it is a concern. And the one thing that it, I just think it's natural is going to be touchdown regression. So his touchdown percentage rate last year was at 7.5%, and that would actually rank him third all time. I wanted to research this because I know this is a big talking point with Carson Wentz. His touchdown percentage of 7.5% would put him third all time, and that's to me, supremely uh, – Aaron Rodgers' TD percentage for his career is at 6.4%. You're going to tell me that Carson Wentz is going to maintain a rate higher than Aaron Rodgers, who is probably one of the most efficient, if not the most efficient quarterback of all time? I, I think it's going to depend on what side of the state of Pennsylvania you're from, Bob. If you're from the east side of that state, if you're sitting over there and uh, outside of Philly – uh, maybe they think that. Maybe maybe they do think he, they've got the next Aaron Rodgers on their hands there. Uh, do I think that? Not necessarily. So I, I think that's a great point that you're making. Yeah, I think he's going to be solid. Don't get me wrong. But where you're going to have to draft him, based on, once again, the fantasy football calculator in the 10-team leagues, similar to what we're in, right around the seventh uh, round, pick 65 overall. Uh, at that point, I don't think I'd want to take a quarterback coming off of injury, and it's just unreasonable to think that he's going to throw touchdowns at that clip. Granted, they have a great offense built around him. I just think regression is going to come, which is going to lower his points uh, overall, which to me does not make him a value, especially when you have to draft him that early in the draft itself. So that's my concern for uh, the draft moving in this year. And, Dan, why don't you give me your Greg value? Oh, Greg value. Uh, I mean, it's quarterback is such a interesting position. And you and I were talking about this before we started recording tonight. And uh, to me, I honestly think that it's somebody who's sitting right there at number 11, that tier three quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think that 
you saw him come out last season, play for the 49ers, not really understand the playbook, not know the full, um, have his full array of weapons on hand. Uh, now you've had him in this system um, for an entire year, and you've given him the tools that Shanahan likes to have. You've given him the scat back that he needs in Jarek McKinnon, and you've also given him talented receivers. I know Pierre Garçon is getting a little long in the tooth. I get that. But also, Pierre Garçon is a pretty darn good receiver. Another guy that I grabbed off the waiver wire who I think is going to be an outstanding receiver this year, who I expect big things from, is Marquise Goodwin. And I think that uh, Garoppolo can come out there and just kind of run and gun this uh, West Coast offense all over the field this season. So um, I don't think... I think he is a sexy name that's out there, uh, but I don't think it's someone who's going to jump off the page at somebody. I think he's going to be somebody that, you know, if I can get Stafford, uh, maybe I'd probably grab him before Jimmy G. But still, I, I think that even if you need to go a little bit early on Jimmy G, I wouldn't be afraid to do that because that's how much I like him. If I can't get the Sean, I'm going for Jimmy G this year. Yeah, all great points. I mean, he definitely flashed the potential last year with a team that, I don't think was as strong as year. So uh, he could be that value that you're looking for. If you want to wait and not pick within the top 10. Well, there's other, there's also two more names. If I could throw two more out to you, Bob, uh, true blue Mitchell true. He is so true. Uh, so true. You know, what is so true is that uh, he's stepping into a pretty nice offense that have, they have done a nice job of getting some free agents there. Uh, they got Allen Robinson there who has had a nice uh, year, had some nice years in Jacksonville. Uh, and they also have a, a great running game in Jordan Howard and uh, Terry Cohen, who also would help out with Trubisky's uh, passing game with passing or catching balls out of the backfield and the screen passes and stuff that almost made him a, uh, a tier to a kind of a RB two type player last year uh, as the backup running back. So, uh, there, I think, is an also a, a great value right there. Yep, uh, definitely agree, and we're hoping for big things. He's sitting right there in our dynasty uh, bench, so we're hoping for big things out of him. So let me go ahead. Go I, ahead. I think he's got another year to marinate on the bench there. I think we got to ride the Red Rocket, and uh, we also got to uh, – I mean, we got Russ. Yeah. We got to ride Russell. As oh, well yeah. Wait till the wheels fall off, which I don't see happening anytime soon. Uh, So let me go over my Greg value, and this pairs with my like in Matthew Stafford, and that's Marcus Mariota. He's number 18 overall based on the Fantasy Pros ranking. To me, he's a bounce-back candidate. Last year, he had a really down year, um, just couldn't get it going. The year before that, I think for about six to seven weeks, he was the number one overall quarterback, and he was on five touchdowns, rushing yards, Low interceptions. I think with uh, Corey Davis getting another year into the system, Rashard Matthews, who is just super consistent, Delaney Walker, ultra consistent. You add Deion Lewis as a pass catcher out of the backfield with Derrick Henry. Um, I I just think that there's a lot to like about him if you really want to wait. He's probably even a waiver pickup, especially in our 10-team league. And another thing I want to point out, so I'd mentioned earlier that Matthew Stafford's schedule before his bye week was ultra favorable. Well, it gets really bad after the bye week. So if I'm somebody that's going to target Matthew Stafford, uh, I may either look to draft Mariota, maybe with my last pick, or look for him in the waivers because he's got a week eight bye, and after his bye, 
pretty much green rated matchups except for Jacksonville. Um, so he's got a really favorable schedule and hopefully he can bounce back and provide that uh, tier one quarterback play that he provided two years ago. Uh, I mean, I am torn on Mr. Mariota. Sometimes it feels like he can take a game over by himself and he's unstoppable. Uh, at the same time, there are times where he just, it doesn't seem like he can complete a pass. So I agree. He could be a, a Greg value, uh, but I, I'm not thrilled with that receiving core. I'm, I'm not thrilled with the skill players that surrounding him. Uh, if there was a big name there that kind of jumped off the page to me, uh, other than Delaney Walker, who I like, but, uh, yeah, Richard Matthews is super consistent. Uh, core Davis didn't do much for me last year, but you know, it, Hey, a lot of receivers make that second year jump. So you could be absolutely right. Yeah. And that ties up our quarterback. So let's go ahead and move on to running backs. Running back. All right, Dan. So now on to running backs and because you're going to backs and wide receivers on your team than really any other position, we're going to go 15 positions deep, follow the same format, who we like, who we have some concerns about and who we think is a Greg value. So, Dan, I'm going to read them off, and then we'll get your like right after that. So, tier one, number one in running back is Todd Gurley. Two, Le'Veon Bell. Three, David Johnson. Four, Zeke Elliott. I think those are pretty standard. that You can flip-flop really any of them, and I don't think you hear any argument. Uh, we've got tier two, number five, Alvin Kamara. Six, Saquon Barkley. Seven, Kareem Hunt. Eight, Melvin Gordon. Nine, Dalvin Cook. Ten, Leonard Fournette. And our tier three is 11, Devonta Freeman, 12, LaShawn McCoy, 13, Christian McCaffrey, 14, Jarek McKinnon, 15, Jordan Howard. So, Dan, give me somebody that you like out of that list. I, I think the one thing that I want to talk about before let's talk about, can you believe that Sanquan Barkley is ranked in the top 10 already without even having played one single down in the NFL? That is one of the most shocking things I I think that I've seen. I, I mean, I knew he was good. I mean, he was outstanding in college. But wow, to be number six, to be ahead of guys like Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Fournette, Dalvin Cook. I mean, those guys that you read off. I mean, geez, that that must just that just speaks so much to the talent that that guy must have. Uh, that is just astounding to me, Bob. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say because the New York running game's been pretty putrid for years now. Um, but that kid's an ultra talent. I saw him light up Pittsburgh, uh, Pitt University a few times. I mean, uh, he definitely has the talent, but we'll see. I mean, the run game's been a little stagnant, so you're going to have to really get him probably mid to late first round if you want him on your team. And I uh, just don't know if that's going to be for me, but if he falls, it's going to be hard to look past him, that's for sure. It's just, wow, to have that uh... – just kind of amount of respect uh, just coming into your first professional season. Uh, good for him. I, I hope he can uh, live up to the hype, man, because that's a, that's a lot to live up to, to be number six in the preseason rankings without having played. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the, the guy that I like the most, and it's the guy that will haunt us in fantasy uh, dynasty league for the rest of our career. And that's Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think that you are going to have – uh, just another outstanding year of Kamara just uh, running up and down the field on everybody. Uh, he gets a giant 
through those first four games with Ingram being out. But the other thing is, is that in our league where you're looking for those big time plays, for those long runs, for those big time uh, TD plays, uh, Kamara was a monster with those last year. He had monster games. I know he single-handedly won a couple games for a, a guy in our league who was lucky enough to draft him. Uh, and I just expect him to come out and just do more of the same. Barring injury, um, I think he probably will push some of those guys who ranked ahead of him um, for – I'd like him better than uh, David Johnson. Uh, but I can't say I like him better than Zeke, Le'Veon, or Todd Gurley. Uh, but, geez, who could have expected the year that Gurley had last year? Um, kudos to you, Brad, for uh, calling me on that because, boy, did I not expect Gurley to come out and just kind of light things up this year. But uh, I would love to see Kamara make that same jump, and that's who I, I love in that list of first Yeah, and he does, definitely has the chance with the first four games with uh, Mark Ingram uh, leaving for suspension to really take a stranglehold of that running back core. And it looked like he was about to do that at the end of the season, and he definitely was used a lot in the playoffs. So. Uh, he definitely has a chance to be one of those stalwarts for years to come. And, and I think that if those first four games go well for the Saints in terms of how the offense runs, and um, if he comes out and he has just some monster games where he can't stop, you're not bringing him down. I mean, why, why get away from that? Why stop giving him the ball? Um, if he's winning you games and if he's performing well, you know, just keep feeding the beast. And I'm kind of hoping that happens in those first four games there for Kamara. Uh, yep. And let me move on to my like, and it is Melvin Gordon at number eight overall. So I'm going to give you a few point of views and um, talk about the pluses and the minuses with them. But um, first things first, he's one of the rare workhorses in the NFL. Him, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott. They are proven to get the full workload. I'm not worried about anybody taking, uh, you know, a split with him. He's going to dominate the the workload in the Chargers offense from the running back position. Uh, he's been top 10 the past two years. He's been averaging 12 TDs through rushing and receiving in the past two years. Now, his yards per rush do leave something to be desired. But I think a lot of that is, you know, they're trying to punch him in from short yardage too. Now, it's not going to... Uh, take uh, the whole reason as to why his yard uh, per rush is low. I think it's around like 3.9 yards per rush. Um, but he developed in the passing game to help suffice that low yards uh, per rush attempts um, that he's getting. So I know one thing I looked at is, you know, if I go back to um, just some stats on uh, Melvin Gordon is you could tell that his receiving is becoming much better and they're looking to feature him in the um, passing offense, Um, you know, and with Hunter Henry also being injured, um, you know, I think there's maybe an opportunity for him to even attack more of the passing that is going on in uh, the Chargers offense. And, And I just like him, especially in my position. So, you know, I'm keeping Zeke Elliott barring injury in the third round. I'm probably going to be staring at a chance to have Melvin Gordon at the number nine overall pick in our league. And to start with Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott, uh, I think that gives me not only a lot of yards, a decent amount of receptions from both uh, running backs, but there is some high touchdown potential between both of them. And, and that's somebody that I'm going to be targeting this year come draft time. You're not 
you don't have a real big concern that Austin Eckler is going to take that backfield over. Boy, he's, he's got a <laughs> name, but um, no. So let, let me give you some, some stats. Uh, sorry, my internet was a little slow there. So over the last two years, 2016, 57 targets, 41 receptions, 419 yards, two touchdowns. Last year, 83 targets, 58 receptions, 476 yards, and four touchdowns. In any league that you know, counts points for receptions. Uh, those are money. And, and I would think he'd be around 50, 58 receptions again. I don't see why not, especially with Henry going down. It, it also felt like last year, the chargers were running the ball a lot more than I ever kind of saw them running the ball before. And the other thing is, is that uh, if you're looking for um, somebody who's going to just get handed the ball nonstop. It seemed like Melvin Gordon was seriously just taking that game out, taking games over at the end of, uh, at the end of the year, uh, especially when they're trying to make that playoff push and stuff like that. So uh, I like that pick. I like Melvin Gordon. Uh, that's a, that's a, uh, I yeah. Like that. I mean, Good if I can start my one. team with Gordon and know that I have Ezekiel Elliott and at the turn, get a top flight wide receiver, I already left. So uh, I'll put my cards on the table. This is the insight. If I've he's been sitting there for. at number nine overall in the draft, uh, he is definitely getting selected on my team. Keep that in mind, everyone. Bob's targeting Melvin Gordon. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to somebody you have concerns with, Dan. Uh, again, there's a couple, but I think my one person who probably uh, is giving me the most concern um, are those guys that. Well, there's two guys who are in timeshare backfields who I have concerns about. But the one name that really kind of jumps out me is LaShawn McCoy. And it's not because Shady doesn't have skill and it's not because Shady doesn't have talent. It's because Shady is stuck on a horrifically bad football team. Uh, Who's going to be the quarterback there? Who's going to throw the ball? Who are they going to throw the ball to? Outside of Charles Clay, they don't really have anybody in that receiving court. Zay Jones did zero last year. Uh, had some off the field issues going on. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen with him this year. And who was the only uh, piece of offense on the field last year for the Buffalo? Bears? That would be shady McCoy, Dan. That would be shady McCoy. And boy, I mean, trust me, if you're looking for somebody who's going to get handed the ball nonstop, that's shady McCoy. But I also think that the teams are going to zero in on that. They couldn't stop it very well last year. Uh, but Shady's another year older. He has another kind of a lot more miles on the tread of those tires. And uh, I'm concerned that this year could be the the year that kind of Shady kind of says, or that Shady doesn't kind of do what Shady usually does. And don't get me wrong. I love him. He's from Pittsburgh. He's a Pitt Panther. Uh, He's one of my favorite players in the league, but I don't think that he's going to produce at as high of a level as he did last yeah, year. Yeah, and Dan, I'm going to echo, and I'm glad we didn't share notes because he's my concern as well at number 12 overall in the running back selection. Yep. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, wow, so look I'm at that. put on some other stats uh, as well. I mean, he's definitely been one of the best over the past decade. You cannot give that uh, – you can't take that away from him. Here's some concerns I have. He's going to be turning 30 uh, pretty soon here. It's an age that can be a little tricky for running backs. Here's the other things that concern me. Over his career, he's had over 2,000 rushing attempts, over 400 receptions, and you said it. That team could be the worst team in football. They have no offensive pieces around him, and there should be no reason why defenses are not stacking the box against the Bills. 
and forcing them to receivers. And with either A.J. McCarron or the rookie Josh Allen as quarterbacks, I'm not scared, and no defense should be. So I'd rather be a year early and let somebody else. And if he hits, so be it. That's just when you chalk up to the guy that had the the balls to draft him. But uh, I'm just worried that – if he hits, if he hits, you say, okay, well, that's shady. That's shady doing shady things. I mean, you expect him, uh, but the risk at this point, I think, is so high that I would rather avoid him and try to go in right that direction. Because I don't, because you can't replace you. You want Shady to do what Shady can do, but you can't replace that with somebody, especially if later in the year he goes down with injury. Uh, it's a cold weather team which helps him in terms of he's getting the ball on. You remember that game last year when it was a whiteout and basically they could do nothing but hand the ball off to Shady the entire game because of how much snow there was on the field. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's concerning because it's, it's an injury risk. And there's a lot of kind of rough cold weather games up there in Buffalo. So I would avoid it. Yeah, so Dan and I are on the same page here. And, uh, LaShawn, I hope you prove us wrong because you're awesome. But there are some concerns out there. So, Dan, let's move on. Who is your Greg value back? Uh, my Greg value, Bob, is somebody that you and I uh, fell into a great situation with, and that's Derrick Henry. And I know that Dion Lewis is there. And I think that there was such a roller coaster of emotion Whenever they said, okay, well, DeMarco Murray, uh, thanks for all the hard work you did. Appreciate your time here, but, uh, you know, we're going to cut you. I think we both, I think we both giggled like schoolgirls when we saw that happen. (laughs) It was like uh, in that Raiders of the Lost Ark when he walks into that room and there's that golden idol and there's the sun showing down on it. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, finally, finally, because you saw how much of a beast he was at the end of games last year. No one could tackle him. He's a monster. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we're, we're going to uh, pick up Deion Lewis in free agency. And I slapped myself in the head. No, why? Why is this happening to us? But you know what? At the same time, that's fine. That third down back, it's a necessity. Like you said before, uh, it's going to help Marcus Mariota be better. But at the same time, I think Derrick Henry on those first two, two downs is going to get a lot of work done. He's going to get a lot of yardage. He's going to be a stud. Uh, I expect big things out of him this year, uh, and he looks to be a pretty good bargain, ranked as the 19th or 20th ranked running back. Um, I think you can wait on him. I think people are going to start desperately trying to grab those big-name receivers, and Derrick Henry's going to start slipping to you, uh, and I think he's going to be one of those guys who, at the end of the season, you're seeing him potentially in the top 10. Um, I think he could jump Cook. Uh, I, I felt like him better than Freeman. I let him better than Howard, who's in the timeshare with Terry Cohen. Um, I let him better to McKinnon, who's unproven. And I frankly, I like him better than Christian McCaffrey, too. But um, I, I really expect big things out of Derrick Henry this year. I think that he's in a, in a, he's in a so-so offense with a pretty good quarterback uh, with very few passing options. So I think he's going to get handed the ball a lot and given the opportunity to shine. And I think he's going to take full advantage. Yeah. I mean, he definitely has the capabilities to be a workhorse and has never shown himself to be a relatively healthy player. So if that occurs, it is Derek Henry alone. That's going to dominate that backfield. So that's also something to keep in uh, mind as you're considering him in the draft as well. 
So let me go ahead and give you my Greg value. And I went actually really far down the list. It's a player that I had the privilege of picking up on waivers last year and enjoyed it while it lasts. And that's Rex Burkhead. They have him. Rex, Rex Burkhead. Sexy Rexy. Oh, yep. my. And he's actually moved up from the last time I did my research. He's, he's at the number 34 in running back. So this is where, when I think of it, I think of where the draft capital is and for him being the 34th now ranked running back and his average draft position is at 87 overall in the ninth round. Um, to me, that's a nice piece. If I'm going to start with somebody like Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, and maybe I want to f- position myself to focus more on wide receivers, that might be a nice third or fourth running back that granted there's a rookie there, but he also produced with a ton of running backs that all played. Dion Lewis was there. Um, I mean, he showed that he can produce with another talent on the team. He, he, to me, he had a nose for the end zone. He averaged three receptions a game in the 10 games that he played. New England's schedule for running backs is relatively easy. Um, so even if he's only getting 14, 12, 15, somewhere in that range of touches at most, with that draft capital and to have him as a possible flex or a fourth running back, to me, there's no downside to it provided – and uh, he's on. They produce at some form or fashion, no matter what. So that's my great value. He did get, he did get a lot of goal line carries. So he will get you a fair amount of touchdowns. Uh, I don't think he's going to get you a ton of yardage, but it is crazy to look at the rankings here and to see him ranked ahead of starters uh, or potential starters in Williams and Aaron Jones out there in uh, Green Bay, and also. Uh, the uh, the rookie in Detroit, who both of us both of us seem to think is going to carry in Johnson, who's going to kind of take over that backfield there in Detroit. So, uh, yeah, Rex, Rexy, Rexy. Yeah, Burkett, like I said, huh? I like to sort of look deeper and see where draft capital comes into play, and that's where I. F- that's a deep. That's a deep, deep pull right deep, there. Deep and deep, deep, deep and Greg. <laughs> All right, Dan. So that covers our running backs. So let's go ahead and move on to our wide receivers. Wide receiver. All right, so wide receiver is going to follow the same format, go over the top 15, and then uh, provide our insight on those. So our tier one, to me, number one overall, absolute no-brainer, Antonio Brown. Close number A-B. two. A.B. A.B., he's the man. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Number three, Odell Beckham Jr. Four, and this starts our tier two based on fantasy pros. Four is Julio Five, Michael Thomas. Six, Keenan Allen. Seven, A.J. Green. Eight, Devonta Adams. Nine, Mike Evans. Tier three, number 10 overall, Doug Baldwin. 11, Doug. Adam. 12, Tariq Hill. 13, T.Y. Thank you much, Hilton. <laughs> 14, <laughs> Stefan Diggs. And 15, the old legend himself, Larry Fitzgerald. So, Dan, go over who you like in the wide receiver position going into the draft. Oh boy! Well, my favorite player is obviously Antonio Brown. I mean, he's my favorite player on my favorite team. Um, but that seems so obvious. Bob. I mean, who doesn't like AB? He's a monster. He's gonna. Pr- he's producing no matter what. If if you don't like um, AB, we don't like you. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. You know who I'd really do like this year is Devontae Adams. I think that Devontae Adams is going to have a heck of a nice season. Um, 
he's back with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers should be there the entire and time. And the thing is, you could probably be... end your point right there, and people would go, yeah, he's right. <laughs> Spot on. Aaron Rodgers is there. <laughs> Absolutely. Good call, Dan. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, is that he is going to get the number one. Now, now he's officially number one. I think he probably was number one last year, um, but Jordy Nelson was there, and then he's hurt and stuff like that. But and wearing his beautiful year, jorts, Devon... and people got mesmerized by yeah. the jorts. Jortney. <laughs> 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 but I really think that this year Devontae Adams is going to take another is going to take another leap. I think that this year he's going to be that absolute stud receiver on that team that's going to just go out there and gun the ball down the field. So uh, I really like Devontae Adams this year. I think that you can really um, count on him as stepping up and being your number one guy, someone who you probably don't really need to have uh, drafted in those first two rounds. I think you'd get him in the third or the fourth. Uh, he just signed a huge monster contract, so I think he's up. he's in store. Big things are in store for Devontae Adams this year. I, I really think – uh, that he's going to come into his own and kind of prove everybody that he's the number one uh, and that there is life after Jordy Nelson. Yeah, I mean, and it's a proven fact. If you're the number one with Aaron Rodgers, it's big numbers. So, I mean, he's definitely the You're getting one. fed the ball. You are getting the ball. And you're getting it accurately put right into your hands too, which is something that not everybody exactly. can say. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's great. He proved he was a touchdown freak last year, so I, I don't see that slowing down at all, especially with the healthy Aaron Rodgers the entire – he produced with Brett freaking Hundley. I mean, come on. Yep. So. <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers is a couple steps up than Hundley. Nothing against you, Mr. Hundley, but I feel like I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers at the helm yes. than you. So let me go over a guy that we just obtained in a trade I'm ecstatic about, and that's A.J. Green. Um, he, he's going number seven overall, like we said, based on fantasy pros and the wide receiver rankings. And to me, and, and I made the mistake last year, he seems to be a forgotten top tier wide receiver selection. Um, I bypassed him for Jordy. And even with AJ Green having somewhat of a down year, he is so ultra consistent and he's normally on the field for, you know, you're seeing 15, 16, 16, 13, 16, 10, 16. So, He's not going to bite you with those major injuries. When he does play 16 games, he's a lock for over 1,000 yards. He's right around 10 touchdowns, probably that 8 to 10 range. And he is the number one and really the true and only target in the passing game. Nothing last year. So, I mean, when when he's locked in and he's playing, he – a guaranteed number one wide receiver. He might not be the flashiest. He doesn't, you know, show off and do any of that. But if I can get somebody that's going to play 16 games, definite thousand yards and around 10 touchdowns, that schedule looks pretty good to start the season. Um, that's somebody that's, you know, I'm going to target in that. I'd probably even target him early in the second round, mid second round at the latest team. So, um, to me, he's just one of those forgotten number ones that people just like to look past because he's not flashy. Yeah, he is uh, He is one of those guys who year in, year out, uh, he is always there as one of the high-quality fantasy options at wide receiver. And I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves because uh, you don't hear as much about him as you do about Julio and A.B. and Odell Beckham and stuff like that. Um, you know why? I, I just think because he goes there, he puts his time in, he does his work, and he goes home. 
Uh, he's just one of those, uh, you know, I'm coming here. I'm coming here to work hard. And I'm just coming here to get yards and score touchdowns, and I'll see you guys later. Uh, I love Adrian Green, even though he's a Bengal. I don't hold that against him. Uh, and, you know, he's – the other thing about that offense is, is that I think uh, Dalton has shown that he will push the ball down the field. He'll take shots down the field. And uh, the only real option to throw the ball to is A.J. Green. He almost has some of those – um, Blake Bortles moments that we talked about last time where it's okay, well, we're down. We need some points. Okay. Uh, Andy, just go down there and you just throw the ball up and AJ, you go out there and catch it. And it works. And, uh, sometimes uh, it doesn't work, but more often than not, it has. And, you know, I can't agree with you more, Bob. I think AJ green is in, in for another quality big time fantasy season. Yep. And so let's move on, Dan, who do you have concerns about in the list that we gave? Hmm. Well, I, I think there is one name that's sitting uh, right there, and that's Amari Cooper. It, it has nothing to do with anything other than I think everyone's saying, you know, what happened? What's going on with Amari Cooper? Why isn't he this big-time, crazy, all-star wide receiver? We drafted him, and then he had a couple of good years. He had some good seasons, and then he had had some terrible seasons, like last year. I mean, I remember – um, looking at the waiver wire uh, at some point during the season, and somebody had dropped Amari Cooper. This is Amari Cooper. Why are you dropping into the waiver wire? It's because he had a string of just terrible games. Uh, so I think this is a bounce back year for Amari Cooper. I think that um, Gruden has gone all in on Amari Cooper because uh, it let Michael Crabtree leave, and he said this is Amari Cooper's team. We're going to go through Amari Cooper. Uh, he has a good quality quarterback in Derek Carr. Uh, but my only concern is, is that is he going to be able to get his head right? Is his head in the game? Is he going to be able to go out there and do the things that you and I both know he can? Um, what was that game last year that he had one of the most amazing long ball catches I've ever seen? And, uh, and that's the type of player that I want to see out of Amari Cooper. I expect him to be that good. Uh, but he has been so boomer bust that with him being in those lists of players that we're talking about, he's the only guy who's kind of worrying me in terms of is he going to be able to push himself back into those top two places yeah i mean it was disappointing last year it just seemed like he had two big games that like basically accommodated for 30 percent of his output for the entire year so really outside of those two games you could not play him and uh, you know i had that struggle and i I do think your point is fair with getting rid of crabtree because crabtree was i think the number one in that offense but, yeah, just something about last year didn't sit right, and I just don't know how I feel about him. Probably not somebody I'm targeting unless if he just free falls in the I mean, if you look at his games last season, Bob, and he's getting a crap ton of targets, just a boatload of targets, and he's not catching very many of them. And it's just one of those things where, like, I just don't know what's going on with him. Uh, so – it just makes me hesitant to want to draft him where I typically would because of how exciting of a player is. He gives you those big time plays. He gives you those big yards plays, Uh, but can he be consistent? And that's what, that's what concerns me the most. So did you say he's getting a Jimmy boatload of pass, pass attempts? (laughs) Jimbo. (laughs) Yeah. Where are your suits? So let me go ahead and position into my uh, concern. And that's, (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, number 13 overall. 
that's funny. That was the other. That was the other guy I was going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it really, it's down to one thing, and I'm not going to give much more analysis than this. If Andrew Luck's not healthy, do not draft him. Last year, without Luck, he only had four top twenty weeks. The rest of the year, you you could even play him as a flex. That's how bad that offense right. was. So it's yep. as simple as. If Luck's not right or not playing, I'm not even drafting him. I, I don't care if there's even a possibility that later in the year Luck comes back. He has to show and at this point, I can't draft T.Y. Hilton as the 13th overall wide receiver based on fantasy pros. And it's as simple as that. I'm not, uh, there's nothing more I can add to it. I got bit, I got bit last year by uh, the Andrew Luck injury bug. Um, because I had done some research and I did some podcast listening and I, I dove into some literature and everyone's saying, you know what, he should be good by week five, week six, he'll come back. You know, like, it, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. So I drafted him and he sat on my injured reserve spot for almost the entire season until they're like, yeah, he's not coming back. So I completely wasted a pick on Andrew Luck. And uh, you haven't heard anything. You're hearing kind of the same hype and uh, stuff that you you heard last year. Oh, he'll be better. He'll be better. He'll be better. Well, now he's throwing, uh, you know, footballs that are like high school size. Now he's throwing regular footballs with no pain. Uh, but and I, I don't know. I need to actually see him in a game before I'm doing anything in terms of buying in on a Colts offensive player. Amen. So with this in mind, Dan, who is your Greg value? Greg. Uh, it goes along with uh, the QB that we talked about during the QB session. And this is a guy who I picked up personally off the waiver wire. And I remembered him from the season before. And I remembered him because he's a deep ball threat. And he's one of those exciting players who's just basically out there to make big plays. And that's Will Fuller. Um, from the Houston Texans. If you look at those games where Deshaun Watson is the quarterback, uh, Will Fuller is absolutely a fantasy monster. He was winning me games single-handedly from my flex spot. Uh, I think one week in our league, he put up 45 points because he was scoring monster long touchdowns. And Deshaun Watson wants to push the ball down the field. He wants to have those big plays, those big exciting plays. And the other thing is, is that, we talked about it a little bit before when we talked about Mercavis Bryant. Uh, if you have that big-name receiver, if you have that big-name quarterback who, who wants to have that, who have that kind of connection that, for example, Antonio Brown have, has with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and I think DeAndre Hopkins has with Deshaun Watson, uh, Will Fuller and people like him can kind of fly under the radar and get those deep balls and score those long touchdowns. And Nobody had him even drafted on a, you know, he had some injury concerns last year, but nobody even had him on a team last year. Gem. Uh, so I think this is somebody who, you know, he's not going to jump off the page at you like DeAndre Hopkins says. He's not going to go within those first couple of rounds. But if you're looking for a he's going to give you big time points, uh, I think you absolutely can go in all in and Will Fuller. And expect her. Yeah, I mean, he was a touchdown monster, and if Deshaun Watson is right, there's no reason not to think that offense won't just click immediately as well. So, yeah, I mean, he's somebody that you could probably grab uh, later in the draft, probably once it starts getting rounds, I would think. And, yeah, he could be a touchdown monster that you could probably start as your third or even flex again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm going to go – 
Man, I'm really all in on the Houston Texans yeah, this and, year. I'm a real Texans And my fan. Greg Value is going to make it sound like I'm into the Tennessee Titans, and I just don't know if I am or if it's just the players. <laughs> but mine is, and I'm going way down there, is number 48 overall in the wide receiver rankings, and it's Rashard Matthews. To me, Mr. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's exactly what my note said. It's just super consistent. Based on average draft position right now on the fantasy football calculator, he's going in the 14th round at 163 overall. So to me, you're going to get somebody that could see somewhere around 50 to 60 receptions, 700 to 1,000 yards, and anywhere between five to eight TDs, basically with one of your last picks. When he finished top 22 years ago with Mariota as his quarterback, to me it comes down to, once again, I'm looking at guys that have low capital that can – drastically outperform that and somebody that i compare as a bi-week fill-in maybe a flex depending on how the bye weeks look that i can have a you know four catches 70 yards with the possibility of a touchdown i'll take it he's not going to hurt me and he's not going to cost me much yeah i i uh i am the proud owner or was the proud owner of uh richard matthews last year and uh in those weeks where uh, my roster was looking a little thin. Uh, it was nice to have him sitting there because I knew he was getting targets. I knew he was going to touch the ball. I think that everybody wants Corey Davis to be that number one wide receiver there because that's what they drafted him to be. Uh, but I really think that there's a lot more trust in Rashard Matthews to be able to play, make those plays. So I think when it comes down to it, Mariota is going to throw him the ball in those kind of tight, tight scenarios. Uh, where he can't give the ball to Delaney Walker because it's Delaney Walker's that he's the receiver on that team. He's the main receiver. And I think after that, it is uh, Richard. Yeah, I couldn't say it better. I mean, just consistent, low draft capital. Uh, to me, that's a Greg value. So that covers that's a Greg value. <laughs> that covers our wide receiver talk. We're going to close things off with tight end. Tight end. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the tight ends. We're going to go through the and then give our feedback on them. So go through tier one all by himself, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, to me, no brainer, uh, total game changer at the position. Gotta love Gronk. Nah, tier two, number two, right on his tails, Travis Kelsey. Three, Zach Ertz. Tier three, number four, Greg Olson. Five, Evan Ingram. Six, Jimmy Graham. Seven, Delaney Walker. Eight, Kyle Trudolph. <laughs> Tier four, number nine, we've got Trey Burton and 10, Jordan Reed. So, Dan, who do you like out of that list? Uh, it's a person that I love to hate, Bob, and that is uh, Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jimmy Graham ha- and I have a real love-hate relationship. I-, I love to have him. I hate to play him because he is a game changer. And he he was creeping into that Rob Gronkowski-type area, and then he had some injuries – and then he went to Seattle, which I don't think they used him as well as they could have. I mean, he, he had a lot of red zone targets on that team. He got thrown the ball a lot in the, in the end zone, but he wasn't the game changer that we saw uh, whenever he was with uh, True Trees down there in uh, New Orleans. So, you know, I think that now he is with uh, another one of those top-tier quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson was there too, but I think this is a more – pass-oriented offense, and I think that he will be uh, another, uh, just another great weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to just feed him the ball in the end zone, and I expect him to have a huge year this year for the the Green Bay Packers. 
Yeah, and you have to wonder. I mean, he was becoming a touchdown machine in Seattle, and you want to have to wonder if he's going to take over that role, almost like Jordy Nelson did a few years back, whereas, you know, when it gets close to the end zone, throwing fade routes or maybe that sort of box him out type of play where Jimmy just uses his size and you just can't get around him, and it's an easy touchdown from like six, seven yards out. So, I mean, he has high touchdown potential playing with the best quarterback in the league. Well, I think the other thing is is that the last time that Aaron Rodgers really had a true athlete, mega athlete type receiver player at tight end was when he had Jermichael Finley a couple of years ago. And man, Jermichael Finley was at, playing out of his mind during that time. It was, I mean, he was somebody who nobody even really were, was considering or thinking about at the beginning of the season. And then if somebody was just instantly grabbed off that waiver wire. So I think that um, if he can kind of catch uh, kind of lightning in a lightning in a bottle here, uh, in Green Bay, I think you can get a nice player. And he's not somebody who people are going to be looking to grab in that third, fourth round, like somebody where you can usually have to look to get Gronk in the second or the third. Uh, or sometimes even in the first round. I've seen him drafted in the first round. Um, I think you're going to be able to get him later in the draft. And I think you're going to get a lot of quality games out of Jimmy Graham this year because he's on the Packers. Great points. And I'm going to move into mine. And even though he's ranked relatively high, hear me out. It's Greg Olson, number four overall at the tight end ranking. Greg. Greg. Um, my thoughts are he's coming off his really one and only injury plague season. Yeah. That could depress his draft capital to where you're not having to take him in the fourth round. You might be able to sneak him sixth, seventh round. And since he's been in Carolina, take out last year the injury. That's his first time he's dealt with injuries like that. He's Cam Newton's right-hand man. He's the de facto one. I don't care that the rookie is showing some promise. He hovers right around the top five in the tight end position in fantasy with Carolina. And outside of last year, he routinely plays 16 games, averaging 70 to 80 yards, 900 to 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. If I can wait and skip out on those first three, Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, and sneak a Greg Olson, it's one of those ones where you just sort of set it and forget it. Yeah. I think that's a Greg idea, Bob. Uh, but I agree <laughs> with you. I think like just like when we were talking about Richard Matthews, uh, Greg Olson is Mr. Consistency at the tight end position. Uh, you can count on him to be healthy. You're right outside that year. Outside last year where we had some issues um, with his foot, I think that he is one of those players who you're you're kind of setting him in that tight end position and just forgetting about it, just like you just like you said, Bobby. He is a uh, he's just one of those people who you expect big things out of. You get big games out of, and he is he is the number one receiver in Carolina. I would agree with that. Set it and for Kedek. Let's for go Kedek. ahead and move into who's your concern. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's, I think the entire tight end position is a concern <laughs> uh, outside those top three players. Uh, I mean, outside those top three players, there's not really anybody who is kind of thrilling to me. I mean, other than Jimmy Graham, um, there's not really somebody who uh, is going to kind of light light up my team up, somebody who I'm counting on to win games. Like, I can count on Gronk to win me games. He almost did. Uh, last year we talked about that before I can typically count on Kelsey I mean I guess if I'm looking at somebody who is a player that I'm concerned about uh, it might be Kyle Rudolph and it's just because there's so many offensive weapons on that team uh, that he is kind of an afterthought sometimes I understand he gets some goal line looks and now he's got a new quarterback coming in Um, 
who's going to want to, uh, you know, throw to those new players. I mean, he's got Diggs and he's got Thielen and he's got Dalvin Cook who's going to run the ball. So I think my biggest concern, my bigger player, biggest player concern right there uh, would probably be Kyle Rudolph. Although Trey Burton has a, has a second year quarterback there. So that's a little bit concerning as well. Yeah, just real quick on Rudolph, he's never been a high catch guy. So if he's not scoring touchdowns, he's probably scoring you a couple points a week. So right. something to to be concerned about. Yeah, he's I not mean, working down the field. He work he works in the middle of the field. I mean, he, but he's not going to be catching those long ball touchdowns. Uh, he's not great after the catch. Uh, he he will score you a couple TDs here and there, but it's not something who's going to jump off the page at you and kind of win you games. Yep. And mine is sort of like T.Y. Hilton, just uh, it's all about health and it's directly with his player's health. And that's Jordan Reed, number 10 overall. This guy just can't seem to stay healthy when he is healthy and playing. He's a great player. Stud. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's worrisome that he just can never consistently play a full season. Um, Could it be a guy that you're maybe taking a flyer on if you just completely boot? tight ends until the end of the draft sure but he's not healthy you're basically wasting a roster spot and if you don't have an ir spot it's even a little trickier so how does the the fact that alex smith is the quarterback there how does does that factor into your opinion of uh mr reed at all i mean do you feel like because smith's there and i mean he and kelsey had a huge had a great rapport there in kansas city uh kelsey was a stud with alex smith at the helm uh, do you feel like Alex Smith can kind of push Reed and that next up into that next echelon of tight ends if he can stay healthy? That's the thing. That's that's the point. Is he has to stay healthy because Alex Smith will target the tight ends, and with he's already proven he can put up big numbers. If he stays healthy and he's proven to stay healthy, like I said, that could be a, fly, a flyer. But I need to see that he's healthy, and I think Alex Smith could make him produce at the level he did like two or three years ago for sure. And I think that potentially uh, with, you know, to your point with the injury concerns and stuff like that, uh, Reed could potentially turn into a great value uh, because his, his draft stock dips uh, because of the injury concerns. But the other thing is, is that he has that quarterback who, you know, is going to throw to the tight end. The other thing is, is that the receivers and on the Redskins, I mean, they're nothing, they're, they're no one that anyone's writing home to mom about. I mean, they're, they're, there's some quality names there. Jameson Crowder's okay. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, Jordan Reed's probably their best skill position player. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, I really think there's a chance that he's just going to make a, a big jump this year. Yeah. If he can it, stay it, healthy. If he yep. can stay healthy. Yep, I think we're on the same page with that. And um, so let's move into our last Greg value discussion. Who's your Greg value at tight end, Dan? Hmm. Well, here's the thing, Bob, is that there is one guy who I think is going to just kind of light it up this year. And I think you saw glimpses of it at the end of the year last year. And that's I think you might deal. be saying, oh, nice. No, I was, no. I was wondering if you were going to say the same guy I was, but I'm okay. It's, it's not. I thought we were going the same path. Go ahead and give me your breakdown on David Njoku. I, I think he is just a once – um, just like a great talent that's been brought into a high flying, well, it's going to be a high flying offense. So now you've got Todd Haley there, who, uh, as we know, uh, uses the tight end pretty significantly in the offense. 
And I think that now that you've got Tyrod Taylor there, who has uh, made Charles Clay kind of his primary target because there weren't really many, many other people out there in Buffalo for him to throw to. Um, but I feel like he has got the athletic ability to kind of dominate that position. And I feel like Tyrod Taylor is going to use him um, as much as he can because, I mean, you've got Josh Gordon streaking down the field. You've got Corey Coleman maybe playing well, but you also got Jarvis Landry hitting those intermediate routes and you're going to have uh, Najoko being able to slip out there and maybe uh, catch some of those long balls down the sideline and stuff like that. So I'm really thinking that he is going to be a Greg value uh, and somebody that I don't, I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I don't think a lot of people, especially um, in the people that I talk to think uh, is going to kind of jump off the page as anybody. So I, I, I loved Njoko this year. I think he'd be a Greg value. Yeah, great call. I mean, young, you know, that offense is going to be better. So no reason to think he can't uh, provide that value if you just want to wait on tight ends. And, are, you, are you talking about, I don't know, I was going to say Vance McDonald. Were you going to say Vance McDonald? Ding, ding, ding. Dan <laughs> gets my great value. And, I mean, if you look where he's ranked on Fantasy Pros, he's 21 overall. And he wasn't very healthy last year, but – and I watched this in person, uh, you know, in the playoffs against Jacksonville. He showed that he has potential in this offense, and he's definitely the number one. I don't – Jesse James is going to be your change of pace. But in that playoff game against Jacksonville, 10 receptions, 112 yards. He's going at the end of the 13th round, currently a draft uh, – fantasy draft calculator. And Ben Miller uh, – sorry, Ben Roethlisberger has made Heath Miller – a high-end number one on multiple occasions. So oh, yeah. Yep. With, with that offense, we get to see it all the time, so we're a little spoiled you know, with that. I've seen it live, uh, and I got to see that performance live. Uh, with Martavis gone, you, you're going to have A.B., Le'Veon, Juju. You know, Vance McDonald is going to eat up that middle. He has game-breaking speed at the tight end position. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he flashed number one potential a few years back at San Francisco when there was just nothing there. Now you're right. playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's somebody you can just sit and wait and make your last pick or pick him up on the waivers if you're in a 10-team league like ours. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, Vance and Vance McDonald. That's that's my Greg value. And that's going to close out our discussion on rankings review and, like I said, our new terminology, Greg value. Uh, we hope you guys found some insight on that uh, that you like. Uh, if you like or don't like, please share it with us on Twitter at NotTakesFF. Um, but, Dan, let's go ahead. Why don't you give the people a little taste of what's going to be on the poll this week on Twitter? Okay, so uh, we talked about this a little bit in our first episode, which is how we do keepers. And it is pretty unique in terms of, uh, you kind of have an opportunity to own some of those big name players. And I was lucky enough last year to own three of those big name players, specifically uh, Antonio Brown, which was my first round draft pick and Rob Gronkowski, who was my second round draft pick. And then uh, Leonard Fournette, who I got in the third round, who all three were absolute monsters this year in fantasy uh so i have a bit of a tough call this year uh and i think this is what our uh next twitter poll is going to be is who should i keep who should i keep and i think it's interesting because uh ab obviously number one in the position gronk number one in the position Fournette 
had a great year last year, not number one in the position, but probably somebody that you're looking to get maybe in that first round. If you want to stretch and reach a little bit and may probably definitely in the second round, I can get him in the third. Uh, so what is the best Greg value in your opinion? One of those stud wide receivers I'm drafting, I think in the sixth position of our draft uh, or have Gronk in the third or Fournette in the uh, uh, Gronk in the second Fournette in the third and uh, or maybe nobody all. We have the chance to redraft. Don't keep anyone. Uh, so that's kind of what we're looking for. What do you think? What do you think? Who should I take? Who should I keep? Yeah, we're going to share those results uh, next week on our episode. Uh, but, yeah, give us your feedback. This is where player against draft keeper, uh, round keeper value comes into play. So I uh, can't go wrong with any of the three, but love to get your feedback. And once again, you can follow us on Instagram at nottakesff, N-O-T, T-A-K-E-S-F-F, Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to email us about anything on the show. If you have questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you at nottakesff at gmail.com. We are now on all the major platforms outside of Spotify. So if you visit us at anchor.fm slash nottakes, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash nottakesff, you can listen to us there or you can see everywhere that our podcast is distributed. For those that follow us on Anchor, feel free to leave us a voice message directly in the app with questions, feedback. Um, We'd love to hear from you, and you could be picked and put into the show, and we can respond to your questions directly there. If you're listening to us specifically on Apple Podcasts or any of the other platforms, please rate and review our show. Five-star rating really helps. Leave us your comment and feedback. That helps us within the search engine of the podcast platform. And before we give uh, the episode that's coming up next week, Dan, you want to give a shout out to your brother for the intro? Tom, yes. Uh, thanks for the intro song, Alma. Uh, great tune, great song. Fits our personalities perfectly. And uh, just love that tune. Love that intro. Thanks a lot, Tom. We greatly appreciate it. And catch us next week when Dan and I are going to do a mock draft, drafting directly from the positions that we're going to be drafting from in our league so we'll go through give our feedback what we're thinking as we're drafting and that way you can get a feel for how we perform uh when we're drafting in the positions that we are going to be drafting from later this august so dan thanks for joining me tonight thanks to everybody who's going to be listening and i hope you have a good rest of the evening buddy always a pleasure bob later later (laughs) we'll talk to you later buddy later buddy